Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today, uh, back for her third appearance on the pod, uh, former world number two, recently retired from the PSA Tour, Camille Serm. Uh, she's won uh, several prestigious PSA events, and uh, unfortunately, last summer, she had to retire from the PSA Tour after uh, struggling to come back from a uh, from a horrible Achilles injury, and uh, that forced her to retire, unfortunately, unfortunately for the game, uh, because she was such a fantastic player to watch, but uh, you know, she's in a better place now, I think, and you can definitely uh, tell from this podcast, we had a great chat. Uh, chat. We talk about the struggles that she had, uh, unfortunately, uh, where where she was forced to retire uh, due to that Achilles injury. We talk about that and how that all came about. But she's still playing and still training, and we talk uh, about what she's doing with her squash these days. Uh, we look back at her favorite uh, PSA memories, and she has a special relationship which dates back to uh, the World Junior Championship final. Uh, I think it was 2007, if memory serves, where she played uh, Renee Elwalili, and she had played her several times prior to that in the juniors and she talks about uh, that relationship how it started and how uh, you know how special that is uh, for her to have uh, having uh, had that relationship with Reneem uh, for all those years and we talk about uh, the big PSA uh, uh, event that she is planning she's heading up the team that's planning it for Paris later next summer it's going to be a huge one and she's really excited about that prospect she's been putting a lot of work into it and uh, we're all really looking forward to seeing how it plays out. I think the things are starting to look uh, promising now for her, as you'll see, uh, as you'll hear. Uh, we talk about that quite a bit uh, on the podcast as well, and that's an exciting proposition uh, to have squash on the big stage back in one of the greatest cities in the world, in Paris. Uh, so we're really uh, lucky to have Camille involved in that in such a big way, and uh, we're going to talk about that today on the podcast here on episode 234. But before we get into that, we're, let's uh, just have a few I just want to say a few words about our tremendous sponsor Open Squash the New York based nonprofit dedicated to bringing thousands of new people into the game of squash and making it which is extremely important, making it more accessible and affordable for everyone. And one of the ways Open Squash fulfills this mission of growing the game is through their Junior Scholarship Fund, and that's where it all starts, which helps support uh, 25% of juniors with financial aid. Now, Open Squash's primary vision is, of course, growing the game, and they've brought on board several like-minded PSA pros, including world number one, Ali Farag, world number nine, I believe, Believe now he's back in the top 10 Victor Coin and also Gina Kennedy and Gina just happens to be uh, appearing on this podcast uh, next week and we're going to talk a little bit about Open Squash as well even more though Open Squash Executive Director Cleve Miller will soon be appearing to flesh this out flesh this and the entire Open Squash vision vision out let's hope we can get uh uh, get that scheduled for next week and uh, if you want to check out the Open Squash Vision and what they're up to just go to www.opensquash.org and now let's get to episode 234 it was really great chatting with her Camille Serm. Hi Camille how are you? Good how are you? Hello. Hello how are you? Good, Good. thanks Good. and you? Oh, great, great. Thank you so much, uh, Camille, for uh, for taking the time out uh, to do the podcast. Oh, of course. 
this is your third. Sorry, it took a while. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, yeah, I think the timing's probably pretty good for you in terms of what what's uh, what's going on with um with yeah, that you're planning and and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, really appreciate it, and I think this is your third um, third time on the podcast. The first time was in Dubai. You probably don't remember that, but uh, I do actually. Very, it was in the uh, the media room there. Uh, yeah, golf club. And um, mm-hmm. second time was maybe a year or two after that, and then now. So this is fantastic. Uh, but, but this is a little bit different because the, the the previous two were during your your great playing days, and uh, <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever seen you live uh, play in Dubai, and you you had a good event that week. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, now that uh, you've you've been retired, maybe three four months now, I think you retired in officially. June. Yes. Mm-hmm. Officially uh, from the PSA tour. Anyways, that, that, I yep. always have to say that because you're not really. You can't be retired. <laughs> How old are you? Thirty-three years old. Yes, thirty-three. Yeah, so uh, you can't be retired yet, but re- you're retired from the PSA tour. And I know I speak for every squash fan out there. It was a sad day because you were you were having a, a really good run, and, and you were playing some tremendous squash right up until the point when you got injured. So just talk about if you don't mind, Camille. Sort of what brought it on. I know it was the the Achilles injury, and you tried to come back. and And I know how hard you you train because you train. Uh, you 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 took a lot of you you did a lot of work on on court. So, uh, what, mm-hmm. what 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 was the uh, reason behind retiring? Um, well, as you said, I think there's it's not only one reason. It's a combination of uh, a few reasons. Um, but to be to be completely honest, uh, I I felt a bit tired uh, mentally, even before getting injured. Um, I remember there was a lot going on in my personal life, and uh, I was uh, getting a bit tired of the training routine and uh, traveling with all the restrictions as well. You know, with the everything that happened with the COVID. Um, and uh, we couldn't, when I was playing, we couldn't uh, still have uh, our stuff with us. So there was a, a lot of things that um, made me feel a bit tired. And um, and then, yeah, the, um, the injury at the Achilles, um, I was really trying to come back. <laughs> um, but uh, after the first one, uh, when, I, when I was training again, I could feel some pain still. And uh, it was still hard to uh, play 100%. And, and yeah, it happened that <laughs> he broke again in a different part, but the same leg. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, I think my, my body is sending me a, a strong message here. And uh, I, I felt like it, it was going to be a very long way to come back to the level that I had. And um, I didn't feel I had the... Um, the strength mentally uh, to come back. And uh, as I said, a lot of uh, personal stuff going on and uh, I felt like it was the right time to, yeah, go for something new, kind of kind of new, but not completely because as you said, I'm still <laughs> around the squash court a lot. I'm, um, I'm working on this uh, project of uh, the tournament in Paris. I'm uh, 
Um, uh, in France, you have to, um, if you want to be a coach, you have to um, have a degree. So I'm, uh, I'm doing this uh, degree. Uh, it's a two years, two years long course. So I'm, uh, I'm just starting that too. And I'm still training uh, every day, five days a week for, uh, for the French team. So. <laughs> So, so you're still playing you're still playing but just uh not full-time as a psa uh, exactly uh, yeah not traveling as much but uh still on a squash court every day five days a week that's great well how i mean i know having you know watched you play quite a bit and uh i mean movement was uh such a, a massive part of your game you move so well so efficiently so powerfully and i'm um, just wondering how the leg how the achilles is holding up now that you're you're playing again and maybe have you had to make adjustments as a result of the the injury that you had yeah exactly um i've been struggling a little to come back uh uh, especially this summer when I started to actually play again and I could feel some pain under my uh, my foot. Um, so, and it, it was like the doctor said that it's uh, kind of normal when you have a Achilles injury. But uh, so I had to really work hard on um, making it strong again. Um, and now I can say that I, I play um, like without any pain at the Achilles or this leg, so which is really good. Um, but obviously, yeah, if I still want to um, recover, I mean, find a, a proper speed and, uh, as you said, like a good movement on, on call, I still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll see how much I can you know, come back on this, but uh, obviously I'm ready to uh, adjust my game a little if I need to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've, that's, I mean, I don't, I, I still play a reasonable amount, but at my age, I've had to adjust my movement as well to me uh, <laughs> as I did when I was 20, but uh, that's beside the All point. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you must do, I mean, you mentioned how you you were a little bit tired at sort of even before you you had the injury. Uh, now that you've been away from the PSA and, and you've probably seen uh, you know what's going on in the events, you know the competitive how really uh, yeah. exciting, uh, the women's game is, and it was exciting when you were there as well. But you've been removed from that. You removed yourself from that. Is there anything uh, that you miss uh, about the tour uh, now that you? <laughs> For, for a little bit well um actually um not really and um <laughs> well i it's funny because uh, it was one of my questions to rani when she retired and uh, she was like oh my god I'm, s- I'm so happy i'm done with that like she was so sure of her decision and i'm happy because i feel the same way um and Every time I watch an event, um, I don't have any regret. I just enjoy it without any pressure, you know, about, you know, missing out a, a tournament with the ranking points and stuff like that. And stuff that I've been through last year at this same time of the year because I was injured and I was trying to come, I was planning on coming back. And uh, it was hard to watch the other girls. And, but um, no, I, I, I f- even like traveling, I loved traveling, but at the end I was tired of, you know, living in a suitcase and hotel rooms and 
I just love being home more often and um, be with my family more often as well. So, um, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying to watch on Squash TV now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I mean, when you when you play it, uh, I can just imagine, uh, obviously not in your shoes, but how intense it must have been for you because you were always in the mix and always in contention. And uh, the women's game, as you know, uh, and these days, uh, it's, it's extremely competitive and yes. it's extremely, there, there are a lot of great rivalries and great matches. And, uh, you know, there, there's some, there's no love lost, I, I guess, between some players as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's very exciting, but it also, I would imagine, can be a little bit draining uh, as a player mm -hmm. having to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, now, just to, uh, uh, if we could just look back a little bit, uh, I know a lot of the listeners might want to know. I mean, you uh, in your career, you won the British Open in 2015, the U.S. Open in 2016, the Tournament of Champions twice, 2017 and 2020, and uh, 2019, uh, an amazing win in the European Team Championships. I remember that really mm -hmm. well. <laughs> uh, so uh, I mean, the, uh, the, those are, are the the big ones, but you've also had other other great wins uh, as well on on the tour. Uh, amongst all those, is there any one? Does one of those stand out for you? Um, I used to say no, but now that I had time to rethink about it, um, I don't know if it's because it was the last one or because. But I think the TOC twenty twenty was very special. Um, because of um, the whole tournament, the every matches I've been through, uh, playing only Egyptians uh, girls, mm -hmm. um, and beating the world number one, two, three in the same tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was very special for these reasons. Yeah, you played. Uh, I think you played Norel Sherbini in the final in that one, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, I mean, uh, yeah, she, I mean, she was at the top. She still is at the top of her game. But uh, some would argue that that's when she might have been playing her best squash. She's been mm -hmm. had a few injuries lately. But uh, at that point, I, I guess you, know, you must have felt very, very happy with your game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But um, it's funny because um, I remember my match against Ranim. She was still number one at the time. And... Uh, it, it was very special for me because Ranim was the one I, I think I beat the less in my career. Mm. Um, and even though if each time it was close, uh, she, she beat me a lot of, uh, many, many times more. Um, so that one was special and because she was still number one. And then Nuran was number three but um, at the time, but uh, obviously she... Her type of game uh, always I always struggled against, so it was a big win. And yeah, yeah Shabini, she was already like five times world champion or something. And uh, as you said, she was at the top of her game. So yeah, it was a crazy tournament. That's amazing. I mean, uh, let's speak about Renim a little bit because I was looking at your the history that you guys have, and you guys go way back. I think you played her in two thousand seven in the. World Junior Finals. Yeah. Maybe the year, I'm not sure if the year is correct there, but uh, I mean, looking back, obviously you guys were probably very good friends on, on the tour as well. She was such a classy player and such a, uh, she was, she was almost like, a, she like reminded me a bit of uh, Amr Shabana, you know, the way that she moved around and moved the ball. It was so graceful and, and amazing to watch. 
what was uh, what what did you feel uh, uh, like with, in terms of your relationship with her and what she was like uh, as a player to play against? Yeah, um, as you said, she was extremely talented, but she was also a um, very hard worker. Um, and as you said, we we know each other since we were kids. Um, and uh, the, the first time I met Ranim was at the British Junior Open and I think under 13 or something. Um, so we were babies and we grew up together. We, um, she beat me always in the juniors. I never beat her in the junior years. Um, and as I said, uh, I only beat her, I think, on, you can count it on, a, on one hand <laughs> only yeah. my yeah. whole career. And it was it was a love hate relationship kind of because she was such a nice person and we we got along so well out of court but uh, on court she was she was a nightmare for me and uh, and she was just yeah I I really admired her um, obviously as a player but um, as a person as well and I felt like we we had a, a bit of the same uh, character like uh, similar personality um and uh yeah we we will stay friend for for a long time i'm sure yeah uh she uh, I, I totally agree and and also she was so classy on, on court as well either you know yeah won a lot but the, even in defeat uh, she she was always very classy and respectful mm -hmm. of yeah. everyone and even the uh with the officials as, as well yeah <laughs> yeah which is saying a lot uh these days but uh, yeah, also you, uh, um i mean you you mentioned you the the toc and, and the win that you had over noran she's currently uh, she's the current uh world number one and uh, uh, i've seen a few of the matches that you had with her before that and, and even after uh where you know a lot of a lot of girls uh seem to struggle against her so what mm -hmm. what, uh, what is it about her game that sort of allowed her to you know enables her to 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 get to every final in the last she's been to every final in the last uh, year and a half or so she hasn't missed a final yeah. what is it about her game that uh, that enables that to happen in your mind well i can yeah in my mind and i can i can speak uh, personally like uh, i I feel like, you know, the, the nickname Terminato <laughs> is a great nickname because she just hit that, that ball so hard. But also she's so accurate. Um, it's crazy. Some days she would she would be a, a, a bit less accurate and that's when you know you have a chance. But um, when she's accurate, it's just so hard because the ball goes so fast in the back and it's perfect length and there's nothing you can do like you can try to play high you can try to slow down the pace she'll always find a way to play her game and uh, and it's crazy hard to to beat on the, on these days but what in uh, on the day that you you uh, you know on your way to winning the the tournament of the champions what uh, what was the magic formula um i think it was a mix of um yeah uh, you know, change slowing down the pace sometimes, but also hitting hard the hitting hard the ball when I when I had the chance, and uh, also playing my uh, attacking game. Um, I remember, I really, you need you need to be confident in your short game and uh, making her work in the front of the court. 
um, I, but still, like um, I was gonna say, like I think she she became even stronger in that area now as well. <laughs> but at, at my time, she it was where I could uh, you know win some points. <laughs> no, I, I feel that too. She she's very athletic. She moves so well around the court. Yeah. But I uh, even today, maybe that that might be the area where she. She, if if it's a weakness, I if you want exactly, if you want to have a shot, I think that's where you need to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because in the back of the court, she would destroy you for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Terminator. I was going to ask you later because uh, I mean, you did uh, a stint on PSA Squash TV yourself. I was going to ask you a little bit later, but you brought up uh, uh, her nickname. No, I forget. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did they have a nickname for you? Something the French. Yeah. Something? The, uh, uh, the panther. Oh the, the oh, the panther, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you uh, do? Uh, uh, did was that nickname okay? Were you okay with that? Yeah, yeah. I actually liked it. Um, yeah. It was not the their first choice, and I they actually used the the first one uh, a few times before I actually said something. Okay. <laughs> and okay. then one day, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was funny, but uh, yeah, Joey uh, preferred the the new one, so we were good. Too. Yeah. Well, the Panther is a good one. I, li- I like that yeah. one. Too. Yeah, yeah, Me too. But yeah, some of the nicknames. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, if the players like them or not. Uh, some some of them I, I think are a little bit strange, but uh, some, <laughs> Terminators. Are good uh yeah definitely the baby-faced assassin i I like that one but uh yeah me too (laughs) uh, now uh we're gonna uh, definitely want to talk to you about the big event that's coming up before we do just to cap off uh talking about your career uh your your coach uh you you uh you had a coach pretty much throughout the entirety uh, of your career now correct me if the pronunciation is wrong philippe Signore, am I pronouncing that correct? Pretty good, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> French Canadian. Uh, uh, so what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was it about Philippe that uh, you know you stayed with him throughout your whole career? Uh, you and uh, obviously he had some, you know, had a big impact on you. So what was what made him such a special coach uh, and great coach uh, for you? Well, I think we um, we met when I was seven. So um, mm. he knew me as a kid and then he saw me grow up. And um, I feel like we had this uh, special connection because he saw, he saw the potential in me, but also he saw um, that I, I was a hard worker and um, and that I, I was really passionate as well about, about squash. And I, I always wanted... Um, you know, to improve and uh, and get better, and and I feel like we we were kind of helping each other to become better versions of uh, of ourselves. Me as a player and him as a coach, um, and and yeah, I at some point we had some tough loss where um, he asked me if I still wanted to uh, continue with him and um, and. There was no, there was no way I want, I wanted to change because um, it became kind of a challenge to reach my my dreams with him. Um, and even though I didn't reach the the ultimate uh, goal, um, was still, I'm, I still have the 
um, biggest, um, how would you say, carry of a, of a French woman in squash. And uh, I, what I like also with our relationship is that it was not only about uh, squash, it was also um, um, enjoying where we traveled to, um, you know, um, we did some sightseeing together. We, um, we always try to make the most of the place we were at, uh, with the restaurants as well. We love food. <laughs> so, um, it was, it was the whole package. I think, uh, it, it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, did he coach uh, Lucas at all, or was it just you? Uh... A little bit when my brother was, uh, younger. Yeah. And then uh, Lucas tried a, a few different places. He came back with his wife, Hannah, um, Anna when, uh, a few years ago when they were in Paris. Um, but I feel like my brother is uh, more, um, more, how would you say, um, he likes having uh, ideas from different people and you know, make his home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He likes to get different ideas and then come up with the one. Yeah. From the collection. I see. Yes. Uh, that's amazing. Now, before we move on, just one more thing you mentioned about uh, the, you know, you being the, uh, the, the best ever French uh, female, the most successful. And uh, now that you're, you're going to sort of pass the baton on as it were, uh, just wondering how you feel things look for French squad, for French women in the pro game. I think uh, you've got a couple of young girls that are out there right now that are, are doing well and making progress. Uh, so how does it look overall in your estimation? Well, um, yeah, there's, there's obviously Melissa, um, mm -hmm. even if we, yeah, she's not that young anymore, but uh, She's obviously has a lot of potential, and uh, and I'm sure she can reach top ten in the world if she uh, if she continues to to work hard and believe in herself. Um, and then there is Enora um, and Mary. They they are um, almost the same age, but um, yeah, this potential as well, and uh, and they they're trying hard, you know, and that's what we we look for, you know, hard worker as well. Um, and then young, young girls, these, the um, two young girls that I actually trained with in the national camp in Paris, uh, they're 18. Um, so it's interesting to actually see really, uh, younger girls and, uh, and see how and where they can improve and, and trying to help them, you know, to, uh, uh share my experience with them so um it's a it's a good challenge too that's exciting yeah so you you yeah. you have a little bit of a hand in, in uh in their training and a bit of coaching with them as well uh kind of yeah it's, we just started but uh i i feel like i have uh i will have more and more uh, stuff to do with them yeah Okay, that, that's exciting. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, also exciting is uh, next August, I think August 28th to through to... September. Actually, 27th. <laughs> 27th. Okay. 27th. We, we missed one day. <laughs> okay. Uh, 27th through the, the 2nd of September? Yes, okay. exactly. And it's... <laughs> going, uh, so this is a big event in Paris. It's going to be held at the uh, Contemporary Museum of Art, the Palais de Tokyo. Yeah. And uh, the event. Uh, so tell tell us a little bit more about the event, uh, how it came to be, and uh, what we can uh, 
can expect in uh, in August on 27th? Yeah, well, um, I believe it began uh, about a year ago, actually. Um, so I was injured, um, not retired yet, but um, I always had this dream of having a big tournament in Paris mm. as a player. And uh, we often uh, spoke about it with uh, my coach, Philippe, and um, randomly we started to talk about it with um, some passionate guys in, in our club. And, uh, and one special guy um, have, has connections with um, some important people in, in the city hall of Paris. Mm. And, uh, and so this time Philippe said, I think we might have a shot this time because um obviously having the location an incredible location for the tournament was uh, one of the tough part because you need so many authorization uh, from the government <laughs> it's crazy yeah. <laughs> and so it took a while to have uh, to have this final yes but um the the the, the city of paris said the yes in june i think so you you can see how long, you know, a few months already uh, had passed since our, our first meeting with the team. Um, so, yes, today we, we do have the location. We do have uh, some of the sponsors' money, um, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, um, yeah the, it's, a, it's a big budget because we want to do something big. Um, it's not only about a, a squash tournament. We want to put on a show. Um, with a lot of um, stuff going on, you know, uh, the, the, we want some surprises for for the people, for the crowd, but also for, you know, we. This whole idea is to make squash big again in France because it used to be bigger than it is today. And um, my coach Philippe, uh, once in the eighties, he played in front of the Eiffel Tower. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> it used to be bigger and that's the, um, the main goal as well of this tournament. Um, and even if I'm not uh, playing, you know, as a PSC player, I, 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 I'm really putting my energy on this project and uh, I really want it to happen because I'm, I'm still obviously passionate about this sport and I want more people to play, to watch it, to, uh, I want more kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, stuff, uh, you know, there's a lot we can do. Oh, for sure. I mean, we, we see, I mean, you were in Nantes actually for the, uh, and that's where you did, did your PSA squash TV stuff as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> we see how exciting they've made it there. I mean, that's, that's probably, you probably look at that and say, I want to do something, yeah. like that, but on a bigger scale and in. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Paris, exactly. uh, uh, Paris is, uh, I was in Paris for Christmas a few years back and, uh, mm -hmm. it's got a, it ranks right up there with my favorite cities in, in the world. Oh, really? Oh, it's, it's, I love it. I love Paris. Uh, but to have squash there would be like having it, you know, obviously in Grand Central Terminal in New York City, you've got it in, in all these big cities across the world. Paris definitely uh, deserves to have squash, yeah. squash, uh, uh, should, squash needs uh, Paris. So mm -hmm. let's do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. So what is it about the the Palais, the Palais de Tokyo? Why did you choose that as a venue? Uh, and where where is it exactly in in Paris? Uh, 
So uh, it's in the 16th uh, arrondissement. I don't know how you say it in English. Okay. Uh, Paris is um, is separated in different uh, areas, and you have, okay. I think, gates, 20. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, so the, the this guy I told you about the, who is passionate about squash and is actually uh, the president of our association. He lives in this area, and so he has connections with. Um, with the mayor and city hall in this area. And so it was perfect because it's the area of um, Le Trocadero where you have this uh, uh, perfect view on the Eiffel Tower. Mm, okay. Um, and so Le Palais de Tokyo is actually just uh, a few hundred meters away from Le Trocadero. Um, to be honest, we actually, first we wanted Le Trocadero, but because of, uh, the Olympic Games in 2024, uh, there will be a lot of uh, stuff going on already, uh, you know, to, to make the, the games ready. So we couldn't have this, uh, this spot. But um, the Palais de Tokyo is still, uh, is still iconic because you can still see the Eiffel Tower. Um, and uh, it's actually more intimate as well. So we feel like uh, it might be even better for squash because we have this... It's outside, but also uh, a, a little bit close with the with the museum, and uh, and so it's not too big. Okay, okay, <laughs> that sounds that sounds amazing. And I think uh, you know, with squash in Paris, the players, uh, the venue, uh, the spectators, uh, everything that it's going to be. It sounds like it's uh, going to be very uh, exciting and, uh, and, and an amazing uh, venue. So this is a, it's a PSA. You're hoping for a PSA, like a platinum or a gold type of event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we already, uh, spoke with the PSA and, uh, they agreed to, uh, to have, uh, another platinum on the calendar, men and women. So this is great news for us. Um, really now we, now we, the main thing for us is, uh, having more money uh, from the sponsors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully a few people listen to this podcast. Yeah, hopefully. Sponsors, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, how could you not want to sponsor an event like that in, in one of the greatest cities in the world? Uh, uh, absolutely. I hope, I hope <laughs> that, that comes, uh, the, the sponsors come forward uh, and make it uh, <laughs> a bit easier. But uh uh, Camille, you've been great with your time. Before you go, uh, uh, at the U.S. Open, obviously, uh, we had the scary incident with your brother. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I was watching the match, and I couldn't believe it. Me too. When it happened. And <laughs> at first, I thought it hit him in the leg, and, but because mm. it, just the way it looked. But then on the slow-mo, you could see. Uh, so, first of all, just wondering, uh, uh, obviously, Lucas is feeling better now. I've, I've seen that he's playing in, in Australia yeah. maybe, uh, coming up. But uh, just wondering uh, what you thought about the incident and uh, in the aftermath afterwards, uh, what happened? What, ha what did you communicate with, uh, with Lucas? Yeah, well, um, first I was, I was shocked. And uh, I feel like um, in this situation, uh, you know, turning around and um, you never know what your opponent is going gonna, is gonna to go or do. And uh, mm. I, I feel like I... As a player, I would have stopped and not play. You know, just uh, just play a let and uh, and that's it. So it was. It would have been, uh, I think, uh, better. Obviously, not better not to play and safer. And uh, 
and uh, I, I guess a lot of players would have would have stopped. Um, it seemed to like uh, Mustafa Asa was a bit lost on court, certainly, and uh, and yeah, but uh, you could see how sorry he felt, and um, that's what my brother told us as well. Uh, um, and uh, he, he stayed with him and uh, apologized uh, many times and. Um, we we all know it was not uh, intentional, but uh, and and we kind of uh, felt sorry for him as well because because of uh, you know he was the defending champion and uh, it's um, it's a tough uh, rule uh, for him yeah. and um, even my brother felt sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough situation. I mean, he, obviously Mustafa yeah. was was ahead in the match and. Uh, uh, mm. Yeah, he should have uh, probably. Oh, it's easy in hindsight to say he should have stopped and and called the let, but it, pro- it looked like he kind of slowed down and didn't. Yeah. Uh, didn't try, it, but I think he just realized it was too late. But uh, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're turning, I think yeah, you you just got to realize you don't. You'll never know. You don't know. You- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So just stop. <laughs> well, we everyone learned a little bit from that. But uh, Camille, yeah. uh, is there anything that we we missed out here today? Uh, anything you want to promote in terms of the event, or anything that you you've got coming up? I know you've got your tour. Is it the Tour de France, or you're touring around? Oh yeah, touring around France. Uh, you've played yeah. one club, and uh, you're exactly another club. Uh, what's coming up then next? Well, to be honest, I had a had a few questions about it, but nothing concrete uh, yet. Um, and uh, I feel a bit busy with the with the tournament coming up. I mean, trying to organize Paris and and training again, uh, you know, almost every day. And uh, so, I haven't been very. Um, how would you say I haven't communicated too much about it uh, still because I I feel like I have a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's something I really wanted to do and share more time, uh, you know, in the, in France with, uh, with clubs that I uh, haven't been to and people, um, there's quite a few, um, different, uh, actions that you can do, you know, about women in squash, about, um, kids, about, um, um, team buildings in, uh, in, uh, companies and, there's a lot of stuff you can do around and uh, and it's nice to use squash to to do that you know well i'm really uh, really happy that you're involved the way you are right now i mean paris the mm. event that you have coming up sounds really exciting uh, thank you next year and i'm really looking forward to that is there a name for the event yet or is that still something that you and the team not yet <laughs> because <laughs> we're still looking for a uh, title sponsor Eastern classic no i, I <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh camille uh, thank you so much for for doing it and uh, all the best thank with you everything. very much thank you well many thanks to camille for that that was a really enjoyable chat and i think every one of you who've listened you can tell that she's in a really good spot now in retirement uh, still playing uh, squash still training as she said but uh, now really focusing on growing the game uh, both in terms of the pro tour and bringing uh, bringing that to Paris and making a big event and I'm sure there'll be others 
along with uh, helping uh, helping the uh, the French team uh, grow, the French women's team grow, the young, uh, the juniors, and the current team that they have assembled as well. The future looks bright for Camille and uh, for French squash going forward on both the men's and women's side. Exciting stuff there happening in France. And again, many thanks. And just by way of update, uh, we've got some really good uh, episodes already finished. Uh, speaking with uh, Alan Klein, that's coming up soon. Gina Kennedy had a great chat with her. That's coming up soon as well. Rodney Martin's upcoming as well. So plenty uh, to look forward uh, to. And there's several more uh, in the works. So stay tuned to the In Squash podcast. Everybody have a great day. And we'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye now. <laughs>